Welcome to the Southern Steep, the public health and social justice podcast brought to you by NASDAD. Much like brewing stronger tea, this platform aims to brew stronger community by centering the voices of community leaders and their innovative work in the Southern United States. My name is Nicole Elinoff, and we've got a special episode for you today. But before we dive in, it's our first episode back from break. How are y'all doing? Wonderful and warm. It feels good to be back. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Bianca. So excited to join. I can't wait to see all of you and talk to all of you. I know, right? Feeling amazing. Feeling excited. Feeling the vibes in this space. Hey, y'all. Come on, vibes. Happy Friday. Oh, Friday. (laughs) Hey, everyone. And I know there's a couple others here. How are y'all feeling? I'm doing good. It's like the first day of fall. It feels like it, but not officially because it's cold. So, yeah, I'm doing good. I already have my sweater on. I'm yeah, like getting ugly. cozy here. Right? <laughs> yes. Sweater weather. All right. Um, well, you have heard some new voices here on the podcast. And so there's another individual here as well. Um, we've got our other amazing co-host with the most, Isaiah Webster. Um, But as you noticed, you've got some new voices on the line, and we are so excited to welcome three new hosts to Southern Steep, and that's Jacoby, Justine, and Bruchab. And it is my pleasure to introduce them all to you, and I'm going to go through their Southern Affinity bios. Um, So I'm going to get started with Jacoby. Jacoby is a true Texas man at heart. A true Texas man at heart, Jacoby Hunter Wright attributes his Southern charm and perspective to his unique lived experiences within one of the melting pots of the South. Living in the state where slavery truly ended further informed and fueled Jacoby's passion for serving as he recognized and garnished an appreciation for Southern culture, resilience, pride, and diversity. His social and health justice advocacy, coupled with his infamous Texas fried chicken and homemade sweet tea, the house wine of the South, is what he believes to be his billet doux to the South. Did I say that correctly? Welcome, Jacoby. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, billet doux. So a little background. Billet doux is French for love letter. So it's like my chicken and my advocacy and my sweet tea are like my love letter to the South. Um, and please, I, I can't cook anything else. So if anybody has any requests, like, no, I cannot bring the potato salad because it's awful. Um. <laughs> you know, we we know what you got to offer and we're loving it. Um, yeah. Thank you and welcome to the pod. Thank y'all. Happy to be here. Our next amazing hostess with the mostest is Justine Ingram. A native of Warner Robins, Georgia, Justine Ingram is the true definition of a Southern belle. Her quick wit, colorful personality, and deep Southern accent make her the firecracker many people have come to love. Justine's fight for a healthier and equitable South is a deep rooted in the he- in the rich history and legacy of the pioneers that came before her. Welcome, Justine. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited about being here. We're excited to have you on the pod. Welcome. And last but not least, we've got Vrushab Shah. While his roots are in New Jersey, Vrushab Shah has spent many moons traveling through, eating among, and building fellowship with communities across the South. The region mirrors some of the best values in each of us, warm hearts, open doors, and powerful legacies, an essence that guides Vrushab's radical love for others and passion for justice. 
Always down for a kickback and a good time. Rushab will come serving his Sunday best for a deep chat, a warm cup of tea, and wide smiles along the way. Welcome, Rushab. My wide smiles are here. Hello, everybody. You know, <laughs> so there's, there's um, for our viewers or listeners can't, that can't see us, uh, there's a wide smile on all of the screens on the Zoom right now. Well, maybe like five of the six. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our new guest. And by guest, I mean host. Y'all are permanent installations. Welcome to the host. So you've heard a little bit about their affinity for the South, but I'd like to ask y'all, what do you want to bring to this podcast? I think it's going to be so exciting to really highlight and talk about how our lived experiences and those of um, you know communities down in the South have a lot of shared overlap. And I think it's going to be really exciting to show how we can build stronger community by, you know, including more of our stories and sharing more of our stories. And so I'm really excited to bring that to the forefront and really highlight for all of us why we do need to, you know, build more community through each other. That was like a really great answer. (laughs) (laughs) But now prepared. Right. She thought that up right now. (laughs) No, I would really, really want to bring this culture of the South to this podcast. I think just as Nicole stated, like the South has such a rich culture and history. And to kind of elevate that and, you know, bring the work that folks and many folks and advocates and organizations are doing in the South is super, super exciting. I don't even want to go after all that. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but, you know, just to juxtapose that and and really bring a different type of something. So the things that I really hope to bring to the space, um, a different type of perspective. And when I say perspective, not only a perspective, but an understanding. I think a lot of times um, folk can have a very linear and skewed lens and view of what community is and just by like an abbreviated pathway into it. So basically surface level understanding or surface level, you know, touch points. But I really want to get into the nitty gritty, like, you know, what it is community is saying and experiencing and and, and needing, um, because those are the things that, you know, I feel like we all want to know and want to do something about. So, you know, just really exploring the the real, you know, as I call it, nappy roots of the South. (laughs) Yes, Bianca. See, I knew you had you had felt that. You had felt that, friend. Yes. He want to get in the back of the neck. I am ready for that, Jacoby. I look forward to it. I listen. I look forward to giving it. (laughs) And we're looking forward to having all of these incredible new voices and perspectives on the pod. And um, welcome again to the three of you. This will definitely not be the first and the last that you're hearing from them. Um. So. I mentioned earlier that this is our first episode of season two, Southern Steep. And so I'm going to, we have a lot of folks on the screen right now, a lot of folks on the line. So I'm going to pass my talking stick over to Isaiah to tell us what's in store for the season. Thank you, Miss Elinoff. Now, before we get started, were you throwing shade at me at the top of the show for giving space and for the other co-hosts? Because I felt, I think I may have caught it. I think that it was more... Why aren't you speaking? Because I just said because because now that Mr. Shaw is here, now that Miss Ingram is here, now that Mr. Hunter Wright is here, 
Miss Ward, is, she came back. And so I was giving <laughs> space for my new colleagues to, to have their, their time in the sun. And I think that with six voices on here just for today, actually, that that's very important to do. So I just wanted to say that I really appreciate Vrushab and Justine and Jacoby for being willing to get on this crazy ride with us. But I think part of that is to, to allow them to, to, to shine, I think, just for one episode. And then next week, we'll be, we'll be back. Back to us having fun. <laughs> you are so, you're so messy. <laughs> Justine's like, what did I sign up for? Why is he like this? Can I get off every day? <laughs> every is episode. It really every day? Like, I'm like, okay. it doesn't stop. Every it just, moment. It's a roller coaster. We're here for the ride. I'm sorry, Nicole. What was the question you posed to me? <laughs> What's in store for this season, Isaiah Webster? Oh. So we're going weekly. So the first thing is part of the reason why we wanted to expand the number of co-hosts is because we wanted to do a weekly podcast because we feel like the first season went really well. Uh, We had lots of great conversations and we just wanted to expand that. And being able to work with Age United and the Southern AIDS Coalition, um, that just gives us a more of a breadth and depth to be able to do that. And so we want to we want to we want to get more of that this year. We want to get every single state, every single nook and cranny of the great, rich, deep South, and have it be felt on this show. And so, again, by bringing in other perspectives, we can do that. Now, I'm not going to point out how Varushab is not from the South because you know what? We're trying to build community here, and so we can we can just let that be. <laughs> But I you think brought he's it from up. New Jersey. <laughs> I think he's from New Jersey. But to be fair, Bianca's from like Chicago or somewhere up north. But we're all community here. <laughs> Messy. Why are you like Where this? Where are you coming from? <laughs> On episode one, season two. Did we not learn from season one not to give you the talking stick? Carry on. I just, why do I? Nicole go? said it was my turn to go. It's <laughs> his turn. Fresh Friday. <laughs> Let's go. I gave y'all the whole first 10 minutes. So I think in season two, we want to focus on harm reduction. We want to focus on rural issues. We want to focus on topics we didn't touch on last time, like housing. And really, our new colleagues will will allow us to do that because they bring such varied experiences. It's going to be exciting. It really is. And, you know, we've got a lot of hopes for this season. Um, But what, you know, I have hopes. I I want this to be the best season yet. Um, No shade of season one. But what do y'all hope for? I'm looking for the opportunity to, um, similar to what Isaiah just mentioned, get into some organizations and some some community leaders from areas that we didn't get to last season, um, asking more of I'm looking forward to hearing more of the whys. I think that's one of the best things about each episode or each guest really brings their why, their passion, um, their reason for doing what they do. So I'm really looking forward to to diving into more of those stories and some of those untapped areas that um, we didn't get to last time. I love that. I think for me, I'm really... I'm really, really interested in highlighting the diversity of the South. I think there's a diversity of lived experiences, diversity of identity, 
the realities that folks occupy in the South are so varied. And I think that richness is what brings so much color to the stories and the communities that are built down there. And so we really need to, in my mind, at least highlight those because that's how we're going to see the entire tapestry of the South and get us in a framework of supporting each other in a more comprehensive way. And so I can't wait to see you know, how different folks show up on this podcast. Yeah, that's similar things are coming up for me. So I think Isaiah lended himself, uh, lended his comments to one of the things that I'm greatly looking forward to. Um, One of the things people may not know is that the composition of this podcast, meaning, you know, some of the hosts and perspectives are very beautifully blended and very beautifully unique. And so one of the things that excites me is hearing people's perspectives and hearing people's experiences and, you know, coupling that with my own, because all of those things act in concert to like some beautiful remedies and like like a gumbo of sorts, like on how to address, you know, like Bianca spoke to the whys and the winds and, you know, and the woods. So I'm really looking forward to like, you know, us really having some interesting dialogue and some impactful dialogue and to really come up with some stuff that's going, you know, help create some bigger and better outcomes and impact. So I'm, I'm ready to go. And also plug in, I cannot wait to get to know my co-host and, and, and the rest of the folks on this podcast. Like, of course we have our meetings and, you know, we, we do all this talking It's really formal, but this space is very, it's so special. Like we get to hear each other's perspectives and we get to like really know each other in a different dynamic. So I'm really excited about that as well. And yes, like I'm really, really looking forward to highlighting the folks that we don't often hear from that's doing amazing work that often goes unnoticed. And to really, really see like the outcomes that come of that. Um, I think that we are in a very, very crazy time that is like, really social media driven and podcast driven and such the great things and the resources that can come from us just talking about these people and highlighting them. Justine, you better uplift those voices we don't hear. Like, girl, if I could sing, I would. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I like my good job. And Isaiah was like, uh-uh. No, no. <laughs> I'd listen. I'd want to hear that. Yeah. Y'all are just warming my hearts right now. Um, This is really the big smile show at the moment. So y'all are beautiful. Um, Is that what we're calling it now? You know, Southern Steep Smiles. We love that alliteration here. Love it. (laughs) Go Go ahead. I was going to say Southern Steep Smiles. And so let's talk about this past summer real quick. Let's talk about it. Tell us. Picture it. June 2021. <laughs> Bianca out in the streets, fully vaccinated, ready to live <laughs> my best life. The world, things are opening. Folks are, are outside traveling. Just joy. Um, going in places without masks. Ooh, a little bit scary. Next thing you know, August rolls through. And the governor of mine said, uh-uh, put those masks back on. The <laughs> y'all have had too much fun. I don't know for any of you, but summer felt really hopeful 
And then all of a sudden there was this shift, right? So um, Delta, Epsilon, Sigma, Theta, Rho came through and was like, no, no, y'all have had way too much fun. I'm here. And we saw COVID cases just through the roof once again. And it felt like many steps backwards. So between COVID, most recently the weather. So the hurricanes that have definitely been impacting our folks in the South, um, the heat, the just, just all of the things that we were hoping would look different um, were in, in full force this summer. So how, so I don't know, maybe it was just me. I was, I was hopeful. I was cautiously optimistic about this summer after being inside last summer. Um, how was it for you all? Was it, did you get to live the summer that you were hoping to live? I think for me, I started my summer, like hot facts girl summer and, just was so excited to get into sweaty dance areas and just so excited to live that life. Um, And then, you know, at the time, because I've recently relocated, I was in the state of Florida and the mask mandate never happened. That was not a thing. And if anything, we had messages of don't Fauci my Florida. Um, So Florida was burning to the ground and it was hot. Um, And so I went back inside and I never went to a music festival this summer. how did y'all do? How was it for you? You know, kind of, I wanted hot girl summer. Like I wanted hot back summer. I really wanted the intensity of it. I wanted to feel like it was an unleashed joy where we were just all out on the street, kind of like 500 days of summer where everyone was dancing and, you know, just like finally being able to touch each other and hug each other. And to some extent, I was able to access that. I think in the beginning of the summer, I was, you know, in those crowded, sweaty spaces with all these lovely queer people. And it was joyful. It was happy. Folks were dancing. There was so many different kinds of people from all over, you know, all over the country. And Delta, Miss Delta walked in and she said, no, 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 you're going to go back into your apartment. You're going to go back into your house. You're going to stay there and you're going to go back to watching Netflix and you're not going to come back out until you get your booster shot or put on your vaccine or whatever, put on your mask or whatever, you know, you need to do. And so I think like there was this like crescendo of hope and then it was gone again. And then it was, and then now we're at this kind of weird place where we're trying to figure out how to keep doing that kind of stuff again. And I was in a position where I was like, I'm, I'm leaving. I need to go somewhere else. I need to move somewhere else. And so I truly flew all the way across the country to Los Angeles <laughs> and now <laughs> because I could not take that kind of world again. And, you know, I did that out of hoping for something different, but I'm in the same place. I'm still in the same place. So I'm, cautiously optimistic and learning to relearn how to navigate the world again, but we're, we're doing our best. (laughs) I'd love to hear from Justine and Jacoby, especially, um, again, as we talk about even just, yes, COVID, but also the, the weather and the storms that have really come through and impacted um, so many communities, um, organizations that, that we have talked to in the past and, and reached out. So 
How have you all been? How are you taking care of yourself? What does the summer look like for you all? Um, so I have the pleasure of living in Atlanta. So we never closed. We closed for a great two weeks and all the clubs are still open and popping. We're having birthday bashes, NBA All-Star Weekend, like nothing ever closed here. Um, but I got married at the beginning of the year. And so we was really, really hoping on going on a honeymoon this summer and like doing something really tropical. I was going to put some Brazilian curly hair in my head and just really live that Bahama lifestyle. But since there is still this really, really uh, prominent issue of COVID, we are still at home. Um, on another note, I know that I was not summer body ready uh, because I've really become addicted to the white flour and sugar. Stop to- that singer. <laughs> Anybody's a beach body. <laughs> So, yeah, so we're really looking forward to it. Maybe at our one year anniversary, we can do something really, really fun. So can I come? (laughs) Can we come? I I don't know how to top that. I didn't. I certainly didn't get married. Um, It's an aspiration one day, but uh, yeah. (laughs) No. So I'm in Texas and of course it was a thousand degrees. And so typically I hibernate in the summer. I am not a heat person. I hate the heat. And so around April-ish till about September, I'm in the house anyway. Like I do not enjoy the heat. So the summer was a very mm, interesting time. It was like yeah, working remote, staying out of the heat. Um, Amazon loved my bank account literally Amazon and Uber Eats. I'm cringing at the idea of reconciling my bank account (laughs) over the summer months because I know they got a whole good month of rent from me over my orders. Um, Yeah, so um, that literally was me. Like I literally sat in the house. If I left the house, I went to the gym um, because that's how I practice self-care, the gym and books. Oh, in school because I'm currently in the last phases of my PhD program before I start my dissertation writing. And so, yeah, so school, work, Uber Eats, Amazon, and a bunch of Cheetos. This sounds like a very good time, Dr. Jacoby. I don't, let's not poo-poo this, um, this indoor magic that you had going on. Amazon also was living here as well. And like, I don't have enough stock. I don't have any, but I should invest because they have gotten all of the coins, but it actually sounds like you are indoors and doing all of the right things. You know, I'd, I'd like to think so. It, <laughs> it's funny. Like, um, it, it's really funny. Like, I was like, you know, what? I always do this thing, but let me see what I look like before the summer and after the summer. Cause I'm like an avid gymmer. I was like, yeah, there's not much of a difference. Cause I know I like che- literally Cheeto pups were my best friend, especially with all the zoom meetings. I was like, yeah. Something you got to give. How do you resolve cheetah fing like the Cheeto fingers and Zoom meetings? Like, how do you ba- navigate that? Baby wipes. There you go. Oh, there learning. we go. Teach now the children every day. <laughs> Cheeto I, fingers are a thing. Yes, I keep baby wipes because I'm not a. I don't lick fingers. I, I think it's it's different. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum because some folks may be a finger person, you know, that it's, that's a whole thing. I'm I'm not into fingers, but what I am into is baby wipes and the smell of baby powder. 
literally, I keep baby wipes on I deck, get it. I full get pack. It. <laughs> like even on the plane, like I will wipe. Mm, yes. This is baby. going a lot of places, Jacoby. So that's why I'm really glad that <laughs> 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 that I get to pass the, the talking stick to you because I feel like there's a lot more you need to say about just a lot more you need to say. No, well, you know what? I, I'm here all year. We we have a million shows. And so I am happy to explore all things, baby wipes, Cheeto fingers, all the good stuff, all of that. So <laughs> I'm making a note to myself. Get baby wipes. Got it. Yes. Yes. You should get the one at Costco, the one that's like like 200. <laughs> I have two packs of them, literally. Wisdom. Like I'm, I'm a whole platinum You Costco knew. <laughs> I knew. I know. I I should have known. <laughs> Costco, if you're listening and you'd like to sponsor Southern Steep, we will send you the information. Just slide into our DMs. Uh, listeners, they're giving us no money. And so we might strike that brand name later in editing. All right, back to you, Jacoby. No, that that literally was it. Like I literally, that's all I did this summer. That's how I practiced my self-care. Just, you know, try to preserve and maintain some good mental health because, you know. Zoom fatigue is real. Screen fatigue is real. So I definitely tried to make sure I maintained a healthy balance between, you know, my Cheetos, my homework, my work, and my workouts. So that was me. So I think we're going to Justine next. Bianca made a mistake. And I think it's important that we call out that error and let Justine know that she's up next. Are we (laughs) able to actually just take a moment? What is it, Miss Elenoff? You want to take a moment? Yeah, I want to take a moment and talk about how all of these things really impacted the South. But I do think that it is important for us to mention that so many of these incredible challenges happened in the South. And so much of this brought up the whole Southern resilience factor. And one thing that I'm sure we'll talk about a lot more throughout this podcast is how much folks lean on that Southern resilience, but then it becomes a question about, are we utilizing that term too much so that y'all don't give the South more resources? And what do y'all think about that? When you say we, who's we? That's a good point. We, as in the greater society, folks that don't live in the South, folks that just see that the South gets pummeled and then they're like, oh, well, the South's resilient, which the South is. Are people utilizing that term too much? Am I opening up a whole wormhole that we won't be able to really talk about? I I don't know that we use the term enough. Um, I feel like there's more space to talk about someone who is suffering from the fact that their community won't require a mask, won't encourage vaccines. And then on top of that, they got to run away from storms that are destroying their homes and their communities. I don't know that we've talked enough about the toll that that takes on people, the the impact of these added traumas and how people still manage to raise their kids, abide by the law, help rebuild their communities and, and go to work and do all these things in the midst of everything that's going on in the South. So from my perspective as a Southerner, um, I feel like We don't talk about the resilience of these folks enough. And what I enjoy about this podcast and what I'm hopeful for about this podcast is that we have a platform uh, to do just that, to bring on the folks who are doing this work, to bring on the heroes that that are nameless and faceless to so many people, but who in their communities are doing amazing things that is often 
not seen because they're in rural Louisiana or because they're in uh, backwoods Tennessee. And I say backwoods, not in a demeaning way, just in the sense of, you know, we have this idea that if you're not, you know, on front street, then you're not going to be the, the lead on the panel. You can absolutely be the lead on the panel from no matter where you are from. We don't always have, we don't have to know just because we can't pick out your city or your town on a map does not mean that you don't have something awesome to contribute. And to me, Nicole, I think that this speaks to the resilience of these folks because it's hard. It's hard to have to deal with so many competing things. You shouldn't have to leave your state to come to another jurisdiction because in your state they're talking about um, don't Fauci my Florida. I mean, that's absurd. And I think we need to call out those types of absurdities. Dr. Fauci is a world-renowned scientist. He's trying to keep people alive. And for that, he's criticized. It's crazy. I think it's also important for us to use this platform to, um, on on the flip side, agreeing with what Isaiah is saying, of course, um, that we don't talk about it enough, uh, the resilience of community, but also to, to call out the systems and things that are in place that are harming community, which is causing which folks have no choice but to be resilient. So if the, if the systems in place that were there to to protect and and serve and um, sustain community were really in place, then a lot of folks wouldn't have to be as resilient because we would be doing less harm and trauma. But we gonna get into all that this season. Justine, carry on. Absolutely. And I was just gonna say what you were gonna say, Bianca. I think. Something that is so unique about the South, even in my experience, being from just, you know, a colorful, different child, being from a small (laughs) community, is that I didn't really know. Like, people around me didn't even know that we were resilient. Like, we come to accept things. We come to accept stigma and racism and all of the, like, the harsh conditions and things that happen. So we had no idea until you go somewhere else and people are like, you are just so strong. So I'm looking forward to really, really digging into that and getting perspectives. So I had something real quick, um, and I so appreciate everybody's commentary on resilience. Um, I have such a love-hate relationship with the word, and I'm going to tell y'all why. Southern resilience is a much, is a very different dynamic than resilience from other parts of the world. And I'm going to say this, resilience by all meanings of the word, um, it really is a de facto word for survival. And I think just looking at the history of the South, resilience was the thing that folks had to rely on to survive. And so Resilience is in the very fabric of how communities, um, specifically like BIPOC communities in the South, have had to find ways to deal and to address and in ways that they didn't even realize they were doing. And so it really comes to bear, like I think about what does resilience look like now and why are we having to still be so resilient when there are all these resources? I'm like, this is not 100 years ago. Like, why is it taking so long? For us to, you know, give communities in the South, you know, access to language justice and environmental justice and, you know, nutrition justice and all of these things. Like, why are we still having to figure the thing out um, in so many different ways? And, and even so, it comes to bear that all of these things act in concert to produce this idea that, hey, when you're resilient, you still have to play catch up. Like this resiliency that we're speaking of, 
the fact that we don't have access to things and we're having to be resilient and come up with our own remedies, which is the very premise of community-based organizations filling in the gap. This resiliency is literally like creating space for us to have to catch up. And we're going to still be catching up because communities in the South are still dealing with initial COVID impact or whatnot, where folks are coming out of it. So when we talk about this resiliency, like I still bear, you know, like I said, I have a love-hate relationship for it. We have to call a thing a thing. We're having to deal with things that we should not still be dealing with and we're, we should not be having to rely on on ourselves. So. Thank you all so much um, for sharing like your thoughts about resilience. And I think we are really going to dive deeper into these topics in future episodes. Never miss an episode by following along. You can go to um, nasdaq.org slash CBO hub and You've got episodes accessed there. You've got it streamed on all listening platforms. Um, And so I'm going to go into our closing questions for the new hosts. And we ask these every episode. And that is, what do you love about the South? And what do you want to see for the South? And I'm going to ask Rushab to go first. My, my, Miss Ellen, that's all right. Um, What I love about the South has always been the you know, what I mentioned in my bio, which has been the open door policy, the the deep, deep charm and desire for fellowship that nearly everyone in the South has always, you know, lived by and wanted to practice with everyone they have in their life. I think what I want to see for the South more than anything is justice. I think justice can look like a lot of different things, but speaking to the resiliency of the South, right? Like it's always been, it's never been a question in my mind about why certain communities or why certain folks in the South don't have access to or understanding of various, you know, inequities that are going on because all of it filters down into injustice. And for me, that is something that is functionally going to change everything that's going on in the South. And I look forward to the day when we see environmental justice, social justice, you know, political justice and health justice actually take root in the community so that folks finally have not just access, but abundance in the way that they're living. Come on, abundance. Jacoby, Justine, what do you love about the South? What do you want to see for the South? Yeah, sure. I can go. So um, what do I love about the South? The South, you know, I get I get so giddy when I talk about the South. Um, the South is just a whole vibe. It is, it's an energy to it. It's like it's, it's even a smell. Like you go outside, like the smell does not the South does not smell like the East at all. Like, and I'm just using an example. But no, what the thing that I'm most in love with about the South is the permission it gives me to be me. Like everything bold, black intersectional and a little bit country, you know, just, just this whole plethora of things that one person can be. And and the idea that I can be the things that folks wouldn't expect for me to be because I am from the South. It's like its own language. And I just love it. I love being a representative. It's representative, one of its top representatives. And yes, that is me blowing into my ego, such a big ego. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Um, Yes. But 
yeah, I'm, I'm just in love with the South. Those are the things that make me happy about it. And the thing that I want for the South, that I desire for the South, that I wish and hope and have faith for is, you know, for the South to be able to catch up. Like I think in a lot of ways, we're uniquely ahead of the game, but in a lot of ways, we still got a long ways to go. And, and, and that speaks to like, you know, the acumens presented in like political realms, social realms, like on our behalf. And so just give us a seat at the table. That's what I want for us to have an, an equitable seat at the table. You know, Jacoby, I, I can identify with so many of the things you said. And I also wanted to tell you that I read somewhere on the internet that that song about ego was actually not about ego. And I just wanted to make sure that you were aware of this since you did reference it on this podcast. <laughs> and I, and who knows, you don't believe everything you read on the internet, but I did read that somewhere some at some point in the past. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. And, and, and I'm fully aware, but full transparency, <laughs> like that is the beauty about the South. We remix so much stuff. So we're going to turn ego into the thing that it's supposed to be. Ego. Oh, Matt, I see what you did there. I see yeah. what you did there. And I love it. We're reclaiming it. I love that. <laughs> we are. They can't wait that's, for the mixtape. <laughs> in public health, that's what we call leveraging. He wiggled out of Isaiah's uh, little tidbit. It's like, no, no, it's this and this. Oh, okay, no, yes. No. That's me Eight acknowledging. Period. So, um, <laughs> no, what I love about the South is the love of the South. Like, Everybody, it's just so different. I remember one time going to New York and we were on the train and I was with my friends and the lady turned around and was like, y'all aren't from here, are you? It was like, no. Like, so I just love the love of the South, how we take care of each other. Um, I always tell people like, I don't remember seeing homeless people where I was from growing up. Like if someone didn't have somewhere to go, like you just open up your back porch and people would just sleep, you know, like we didn't have all of those things. Um, so what I am hopeful for is just to see like, new faces in charge and in, in leadership here. You know, Georgia has turned blue, but even if we look at folks who are representatives of our communities, um, they're still very, very cis white older people. So I'm looking forward to just really, really um, inspiring young people, young black and queer and Latinx folks to really get into leadership and start really making this change so we can catch up to other folks, like Chipotle said. Yes. And let's manifest those things. Um, and we'll be talking to a lot of people that are working on these, you know, ways to get more access to the South and catch up, as Jacoby was saying. Um, at the front of the podcast, Isaiah mentioned AIDS, uh, AIDS United and Southern AIDS Coalition and, you know, partnering with them and um, Justine, Jacoby, can you tell us a little bit about how folks can learn about your organizations, um, Southern AIDS Coalition and AIDS United? Absolutely. Uh, make sure you visit us at southernaidscoalition.org, as well as follow us on all social media sites. We have an amazing communication social media person who works really, really hard. So I do want to uplift her because we're like, she's the hardest person working person here. But make sure you follow us. We have some amazing opportunities and grants, particularly for folks who are within the South who are starting new organizations and doing innovative work. So make sure you check us out at Southern AIDS Coalition org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter at Southern AIDS Coalition. 
Come on, Justine, being a spokesperson. Um, yes. So for Age United, hey, everybody, if you guys feel so compelled to do so, you can visit us at ageunited.org to get all of your SEBA needs, policy information, and dot, dot, dot. As Justine said, it, we also have funding opportunities for folks to strengthen their abilities to build into communities, some work that they're doing in their respective jurisdictions and regions, all of that good stuff. But certainly visit the website for more information. Um, and also, yeah, we have spaces to do a little deeper dive, do more of a deeper dive and, you know, reach out to their respect, respective folks in the program. So, yeah, just visit the space. And we're also on social media, uh, Facebook. We have a TikTok now that I just was made aware of, you know, yesterday. And so, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of the TikTok thing. You know, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s, but I, I think I can still keep up. So, yeah, um, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all of those good things. Um, yeah, that's how we can be reached. So I really the way appreci- I've been trying to get. Oh, go ahead. I was like, the way I was trying to get NASA to get a TikTok. <laughs> well, we will get there one day. <laughs> I really like how Jacoby is really leaning into this podcaster voice. And when he was sharing information about AIDS United, he got real close to the mic, making sure that you didn't miss one single thing. I'm loving it. It's time for a segment we call Southern Charm. Here, we highlight the work of someone or an organization that is charmingly impacting the South. On today's episode, we are highlighting the House of Tulip. House of Tulip is a nonprofit collective creating housing solutions for trans and gender nonconforming TGNC people in Louisiana. An organization by TGNC people for TGNC people, House of Tulip is striving to break the cycle of homelessness amongst trans Louisianans. To learn more about their work and how to support, visit houseoftulip.org. Vershab, you are a very good uh, scripts slash uh, teleprompter reader. I think I'm going to nominate you to be the voice for that intro because I think we were discussing in the production meeting doing like recording the intro just once and putting it in front of every show. Didn't we discuss this? I think Vershap may be the voice. Oh my God. You know, I, um, in high school, I, for, we had to read Macbeth. I don't know if you had to read Macbeth ever, um, for like Vice Shakespeare or something. And we had to make a skit for it. And the skit that we made for it involved a newscasting, like a news station. And so I was reading Macbeth with a microphone the whole time. And since then they've been like, you should be a newscaster. I never did it, but um, this is my, I'm happy to do that. (laughs) This really is your time to shine. I appreciate your enunciation and votes for Brew. Script talking is not my ministry, as you all can tell. So... (laughs) (laughs) We love, we love you. you just the same. Thank God we have you, Justine. Um, so I thought we could talk a little like so not to go too 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 in the weeds, but you know, with everything going on in New Orleans, Bianca mentioned some of the horrendous storms. I thought it'd be great to um, have someone in the Southern Charm that's doing the work in Louisiana, um, providing mutual aid and really helping with some of the housing needs that are particularly prevalent right now. 
I don't know. Does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? We there is a lot that's been going on. Um, this is a pretty yeah, stacked episode. I do have something I want to add about House of Tulip, though. Um, so House of Tulip is I love the girls there in Milan and all of those that are doing amazing work in New Orleans. I'm a big transgender housing advocate. So that is one of our like sister organizations in the South, along with folks in Memphis and in Atlanta. I think something else is just opening up in Mississippi. So I had the pleasure of doing a Vogue magazine article with House of Tulip, um, which is such a funny story, but I super love them, super, super love them. I'm so proud of them. And we're going to take over the South with transgender housing, housing for all people. So I'm so excited. When is that Vogue spread coming out? Or is it, it out? out already? I don't know if you all want to hear the funny story, but I booked with the photographer at Vogue. Um, and they was like, okay, we'll be there. And my mind, you know, comes and goes. Um, I didn't put it on my calendar. So I was going to the transitional house that I am running here in Atlanta, just going to check in. And I had on like hoochie mama shorts and like a little tank top and a fitted hat or whatever. And then it was like a car outside. And I was like, this is a nice car. Like, who is this? And they were like, Justine, we're here to take your pictures for Vogue. And I was like, give me 30 minutes to go in the house and like go through the girl's closet to like put on some dress that didn't fit me and get everybody ready so we can take pictures of Vogue. So I'm just like, I'll never forget that. (laughs) I'm sure you were stunning. I hope so. (laughs) And I think we're planning to have someone on the on the podcast from House of Tulip this season, correct? You know, we're going to invite them. Okay. Well, yes, I, we should say that. We we hope to have someone on because um, we've had our first meeting about potential guests. But I think it's great, Justine, to shine a light on trans housing issues. Um, I feel like I hear a lot about uh, trans folks, but not in the housing context. And so... I'm very eager to see um, what we can, what more we can learn about not only their work, but that topic in general uh, later this season. We didn't mention Nicole, or maybe we mentioned it on the periphery. So this is truly a special episode because we don't intend to all be sharing the same space moving forward. So beginning next week, you're only going to hear, you know, two of us um, in each show, and we may or may not come back together like this again this season. So it's really a unique opportunity to all be together. Um, and so um, over the next few weeks, you'll you'll get to listen to one of all of us eventually, but we're going to now pair up and start doing episodes. And so that's what you can expect next week and the weeks that follow. Thank you so much for sharing that because you're absolutely right. This, you know, hopefully we can get the whole family back together again. But for now, this was our special time to shine. Thank you all so much for joining us for our first episode of season two of Southern Steep Brewing Stronger Community. My name's Nicole Elinoff. I'm Bianca Ward. I'm Vrishab Shah. I'm Justine Ingram. I'm Jacoby Hunter-Wright. And I'm Isaiah Webster. Thanks for listening. <laughs>